What is happening, everyone? It is another edition of Split Decision, the podcast, along with Will Brewer. I'm Colby Daniels. Will, 2023 Fight Week is officially here. Saturday night, we will be watching the UFC, and thank God. We've got a lot to do today. Uh, We've got to preview this card. We've got to go back and review our beginning of 2022 to end of 2022 champion predictions and give our 2023 champion predictions, so that's always a ton of fun. But first and foremost, as we are now in a fight week, how are you, my friend? Man, it it doesn't feel like this break has been that long. I don't know if it's felt the same for you, but maybe it's because I've been so locked into, you know, the other sporting events that's taken place, you know, throughout this break. But it doesn't feel like the break has been that long. So uh, but I'm ready. I'm always ready to digest fights. I've been watching (laughs) old fights um, throughout the throughout this break, man. Uh, Taking a look, taking a look back at 2022 and what an unbelievable year it was. Some of those fights never get old. And no matter how much I watch them. But, man, I'm doing great, man. Uh, 2023 is going to be a great year. I mean, just the potential matchups that we have. And we've got a lot to look forward to, man. So uh, I'm definitely ready for it. I I feel like since the last fight card until this fight card, like that amount of time doesn't feel like a long time because I feel like it's been kind of a blur with so much happening. But when I think about the last time I sat down and watched a fight card, it feels like it's been forever since I watched a fight card. But the amount of time doesn't feel like it's been very long, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's just so much that we, you know, the the holidays, the sporting yeah. events. But yeah, right. one thing after I, I, I definitely feel the same. Um, you know, before I forget, because I, I now that I have this on my mind, I have to ask you about this. Okay. Did you hear about the uh, fight time for the February fourth um, Apex card, headlined by Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak? I have not. I, I'm very curious to get your thoughts on this. So. They are catering to uh, the uh, time in China, I believe. Okay. So the prelims will start at 9 p.m. And the main card will start at midnight. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that the night before the Super Bowl? Is that is the Super Bowl on the 5th? When is the Super Bowl? Because this card is February 4th. I know that for a fact. Okay, the Super Bowl is the next week. I was about to be like, whoa, <laughs> like, what are we doing? Um, okay, yeah, it's the week before the Super Bowl. I don't hate it. Will you? Do you think you will be up at midnight till 2, 3 a.m. watching these fights? Is like, you know, normally you say like you can't do the early 3 o'clock Eastern time, you know, main card starts or whatever. But so how do you feel about the about the main card starting at midnight? Let me look at this card and I'll tell you at that point. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I, yeah, I'll be I'll be watching. Yeah, for sure. I'll 100% be watching. I will be up anyway. Look, if the fight card sucks, like, I might fall asleep. Like, I'm not going to rule that out. If we get a bunch of boring fights, then, like, yeah, there's a chance I fall asleep. But I'm, I'm, I'm up that late anyway, so I will be watching. And as I've told you many times, like, not that I can't watch fights during the day. I can. It's just there's so much going on that I don't get to necessarily, like, lock in the same way that I do on night fights. Uh, where, you know, little man is going to bed and uh, my wife goes to bed early and, and you know, it's I get to watch it in solitude uh, and I get to fully digest what's happening without like, dad, can you go get me a snack? <laughs> like that sort of thing, you know, in the background. So, yeah, I, I'm in on the late night fights. I, I don't know that like any ending at 3 a.m. is ideal, but I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was just curious, man, because I saw that and I was like, this has got to be something that Kobe Daniels is just going to love. Because, you know, it's not it's not in the day and this is as night as night can get. So. Right. But yeah, uh, 
any any card headlined by Derek Lewis. I'm not gonna say any card, but any fight that's got Derek Lewis as a headline. You know that's gonna be fun, exciting in some way. So no gonna doubt. be uh, fun to look forward to. No doubt. All right, before we um, before we make our picks for this weekend's card and obviously talk about Sean Strickland jumping in on short notice for Kelvin Gastelum to face Nasruddin Imavov in the main event, which this will take place at 205 instead of uh, these guys' normal 185 weight class. Um, we've got to both look at the predictions we made this time a year ago and make predictions for what the championship picture looks like in every division in the UFC one year from now. So one of my favorite things is to go back and review the picks that we made a year ago. So let's jump right into it. To start 2022 and in 2022, we looked at who the champion was and predicted who it would be at the end of the year. In the female divisions, starting in straw weight, Rose was the champ to start last year. We both predicted Rose would be the champ at the end of the year. In the flyweight division, Valentina was the champ to start last year. We both predicted Valentina would be the champ at the end of the year. So we got that one right. In the bantamweight division, sadly, neither one of us got it right. Juliana Pena was the champion to begin 2022. I predicted Juliana Pena would be the champion to end 2022. You predicted champ champ status for Valentina Shevchenko to be the bantamweight champion at the end of 2022. Well, um, I mean, I, I figured that Amanda would win the title back. I just thought she would defend it yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, but... It's crazy because there, I, I know that neither one of us could have expected Zhang Wei Li to be the strawweight champion because she had just lost to Rose. It's crazy for a second um, time. For a second time, it's yeah. crazy what this like how this sport can turn in a year. And like now we're like Zhang Wei Li's the champion, and we're not even sure if uh, if Rose is even going to get a title shot. Like we don't know the state of what Rose Namajunas is right now. I mean, she's kind of been in the in the wings, like not really doing much. She she was in a grappling match, and I, and to be honest, she didn't look very interested in being there. Got finished really early. So, you know, going into twenty twenty three, I'm a little concerned with with uh, the state of of Rose Namunas right now. Of course, that could all change. You know, it, a grappling match in an actual MMA fight for a title, of course, it's it's light years of a difference. But you know, especially with how the the Carla fight ended, and and you know, she's been off for a while. You know. Yeah. It's crazy how this sport can change in a year. And now we're talking about Zhang Wei Li being a dominant champion, potentially, and Rose being, you know, kind of on the outside looking in. It's crazy. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, we were both one for three in the women's divisions, both correctly picking Valentina to retain. All right, this is where it just gets completely crazy and turned on its head. The flyweight champion to begin 2022 was Brandon Moreno. The flyweight champion to end 2022 was Davison Figueredo. My pick to be champion at the end of the year was Kaikara France. Your pick to be champion at the end of the year was Askar Askarov, who is no longer in the UFC, for that matter. Yeah, that, that one I was pretty off on. I mean, to be fair, he did seem like he was he did. Uh, a potential boogeyman in the, in the division. Yeah. And I still feel like he's a top flyweight, but man, for sure, losing that fight to Kaikara France just kind of just <laughs> completely yeah. fucked him up. So it's crazy. Yeah. In the bantamweight division, the champion at the beginning of the year was Aljo. The champion at the end of the year was Aljo. We both had Pewter Yawn as our champion to close out 2022. So for the second division in a row. Well, after that first fight that Peter Yawn and Aljo <laughs> had, I mean, there was no reason why, why to think that Peter Yawn wouldn't do that again. But Aljo has proved to us that he's the champion. He's here to stay, man. So we'll see what happens next year. Yeah. Here's where things turn around for you. 
in the featherweight division to begin the year it was Volk to end the year it was Volk. You picked Volk to be the champion at the end of the year. I picked Max to be the champion at the end of the year. You got that one right. I got that one wrong. But in re-listening to us talk about this, your prediction was Volk beats Max and Max never fights at 145 again and becomes a 155 money fight guy. I feel like that's in play. That is very much that's, in play. That very is much very in play. Much in play. Because, you know, going into 2022, that was the fight. At some point, we knew that fight was going to happen. Volker Max. It was it was all about who we thought was going to win. And I thought Volk was going to win. He won. Like, what is the state of Max Holloway now? What is he going to do? What's left for him at featherweight? He's obviously not going to face Volk again. And there's so much out there for him at 155. And Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson. There's so many fresh matchups. Yeah. And he's a superstar. There's a whole bunch of superstars up there. It all makes a ton of sense. No doubt about it. I, I think that's very much in play. Um, I also said that my prediction was Max would win that title. And by the end of 2022, he would give it up and move to 155. So um, we, we both kind of had the thought that there was a move up in play. I just had Max beating Volk in the trilogy. You had Volk and rightfully so. In the lightweight division, to begin the year, it was Charles Oliveira. To end the year, it was Islam Mahashev. My pick as champion to close 2022 was Justin Gaethje. Your pick, and we kind of had to wade through the water because you said, I think Gaethje would beat Islam, but I think Charles beats Gaethje, and then Islam beats Charles. So you kind of had like this trio of Gaethje beating Islam, oh, Islam beating wow. Charles, and Charles beating Gaethje, but you had Islam correctly, by the way, as the champion. So <laughs> well done to you in the lightweight division. You know, I forgot who I picked that lightweight. I thought I picked Gaethje, but yeah. um, I kind of thought that Islam was – wasn't going to get get an opportunity, but it's good yeah. that I had the right frame of mind to pick him. So, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I By the way, I said that I thought if Islam fought for the belt, he would be the champion at the end of 2022. But I said I did not think that he would get a title shot in 2022. I thought he would get a title shot in 2023. All right. In the welterweight division, Kamaru Usman began the year as the champ. Leon Edwards ended the year as the champ. You had Kamaru Usman as the champion, although you threw it out that that the only way he wasn't the champ is if he retired before the end of 2022. But I you did saying that you did have Usman as your champ. I had Hamzat Shemaev getting a title shot in December and beating Kamaru Usman. So both of us missing at welterweight. Well, you didn't let me finish. You know, I know I said you know retirement was the only way that he wouldn't be champion, but you didn't let me say what I <laughs> thought about you know Leon having the head kick. You know, I, I was going to say that, but I, I think I didn't have enough time. But I was gonna yeah. say Leon at least retired him for a few months, right? Yeah, for a few months. There and who, you know, Kamaru Usman's body is so broken down. I would not be surprised if that you know Kamaru Usman he's on borrowed time. I think because his body is just it's so broken down at this point. Could you see a scenario where he beats Leon, gets the belt back, and retires? Yes. I think that's very much in play. That there is a very good chance that, that that happens, especially because he just got knocked out. I don't I think that at this point, um, he's gotten other things. You know, he's got a, a fight promotion that he's into now. Uh he's setting himself up outside of fighting. I think if he beats Leon again and gets that belt back. I think he'll he'll probably feel like there's not anything left for him to do. Yeah. Also, he doesn't want to get knocked out again, knowing that that is a possibility. So, and I don't think he wants any part of Hamza Chimaev, which I oh, think yeah, the that, UFC wants 
to somehow find a way to put him in in that fight. Oh, yeah. that, so bad. They they want Hamza to be a champion at, at, at one of these divisions so bad. All right, in the middleweight division, Israel Adesanya was your champion at the beginning of the year. Alex Pereira, your champion at the end of the year. We both picked Izzy to be the champ at the end of the year. Neither one of us took any amount of time to pick Izzy to be our champ at the end of the year, but we both agreed that it was only because Alex Pereira would not get a title opportunity in 2023 or 2022, and we thought that would happen in 2023. Now, we know that the people get fast-tracked, but I don't think we could have pictured this. I no. mean, because he, he goes from Bruno Silva to a top-five matchup, <laughs> like, in a, in a matter of months. Right. Like, how does that happen? So I think that big jump was something that we didn't expect, and the fact that he knocked out Sean Strickland, and then they were able to turn that around to the MSG card, I mean— we wouldn't have been able to uh, to predict that. That's something that you know the UFC specializes in, and that that's a tough that's a tough prediction to make for sure. Yeah. All right, the light heavyweight division. The champion at the beginning of the year was Glover Teixeira. There was no champion to finish the year as the title was vacated. Although we both picked Yuri Prohaska to be the champ at the end of the year, and if the injury doesn't happen and he doesn't vacate, that would have been a correct pick. I will say, at least for me, listening back to it. We both picked Yuri, and then we talked about the Glover Yuri fight, and I and we both thought Yuri would win, but we both thought it would be a really close fight. And to be honest, by the time we got to that fight and that card, I was totally convinced that Glover Teixeira was going to win that fight. So um, I did pick Yuri correctly at the beginning of the year to ultimately end as the champion, which it was vacated. But uh, to be completely transparent, by the time we actually got to that fight, I was hundred percent in on Glover Teixeira being the champion and and winning that matchup. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised that you picked Glover because I remembered that conversation we had about Yuri and Glover. Um, I, I I still think that um, my pick of Yuri being the champion, I still think that he would have been champion had it not been for the, those injuries. Yeah. I don't think – I think a second fight with with uh, with Yuri for Glover wouldn't have been good. Agreed. And we'll see what happens with Jamal Hill, but um, I think that this light heavyweight division, I mean – Outside of Yuri, this division, it, it, it's its crazy. There's just a lump of guys who could all be champion. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what your pick is going into 2023. But, I mean, this division is just so wide open in my mind. Yeah, it, it could be all over the place for sure. And we even had the conversation about it wouldn't shock either one of us if there were, you know, two title exchanges over the course of, of that year. And ultimately, you have three different champions within one calendar year. Uh, which I think could be very much in play for 2023 as well. All right, the heavyweight division, the the champion at the beginning of the year and the champion at the end of the year was Francis Ngannou. My selection to be the champion was Francis Ngannou. Your selection to be champion was Cyril Gaon. Yeah, you know, I remember talking about that one, and because the fight, the the Cyril Gaon and Francis fight was on the horizon. And I said just whoever wins that fight is going to be the heavyweight champion, and I thought that Cyril Gaon was going to win that fight. And I didn't think that anyone was going to be able to beat him. Francis won, but and, and I still think that's that's true. You know, whoever won that fight was going to be the heavyweight champion. Francis didn't fight again, so of course that kind of <laughs> you know helps him. But yeah. um, I think if Cyril would have won, he probably would have uh, would have beaten you know whoever else he would have fought. Now I think there's some interesting matchups out there that that could have taken place, like a Tom Aspinall or a uh, you know Ty Tuivasa. That would have been a great one, but you know. I think that Cyril Gaon is so good, and I and he was two rounds up on Francis. I, I still think he's got a, a case to be the best heavyweight in the world. It's just 
you know, he's got to tighten up that wrestling and we'll see what happens for him in 2023. Yeah. I, regardless to your point, I mean, I, I wouldn't have picked either one of those guys to lose to anybody else. So I still feel like by a decent margin, those are the, the two best heavyweights walking planet earth. All right, let's, uh, let's make some 2023 picks and we will start in the women's divisions, starting in the women's strawweight division. Will the champion at the beginning of 2023 is Zhang Weili, who is your end-of-the-year champion in the women's strawweight division. Now, look, I feel like I, o- I overthought on a few of my picks from last year. This year, I'm not going to overthink. I'm going to be, you know, clear-minded, and I'm going to go with, with my gut, and I'm not going to overthink it. So strawweight, I think that Zhang Weili, I think the only person who's going to become, who's, who could come close to beating her, potentially is a very motivated, locked-in Rose Namajunas. She's got to be as locked-in as she was when she took the title from Zhang Weili back in uh, April 2021. If she's not, then Zhang Weili is going to win that fight, and and I think she's, she would win that fight decisively. So outside of that, um, I don't see anybody else really giving her much of a, of, a, of a challenge. I think that Amanda Limos, while she's powerful and explosive, I think Zhang Weili is just a, is is more of a freak athlete, and she's getting better in terms of MMA. So I think it's going to be Zhang Weili and everybody else in the strawweight division. So my pick's going to be with Zhang Weili. We don't even have a fight booked for Zhang Weili to defend this once, much less maybe getting back around to Rose a second time this year. Um, and who knows when Rose is ultimately going to get back in the octagon? Like I feel like Rose is just such a matchup issue for Zhang Weili that if they fought again, I I would probably pick Rose, but that's the outlier in terms of, I think, bad matchups for Zhang Weili in that division. I think everybody else, uh, she is such a dynamic athlete and so powerful and just has so many advantages over. Uh, Zhang Weili will be my end-of-the-year champion as well. All right, women's flyweight division, the champ is Valentina. Well, you know, we maybe saw a little bit of a, of a weakness, maybe a little bit of a decline. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're all overreacting to uh, the Talia Santos fight. Is Valentina still going to be your champion at the end of this year? I think she will, but I think that this division has definitely, uh, you know, closed the gap on Valentina Shevchenko. But with that being said, there's still a gap. You know, they've closed it, but there's still a gap. Uh, I, I think that that these uh, flyweights like the Manon Fior and uh, Taya Santos, Kaitlyn Chukagian, Alexa Grasso, uh, they're bigger. They're more skilled than what we saw, what we've previously seen. Like Jennifer Maya is great, but you know, Jessica Andrade is great. But, uh, these, these fighters that we see coming up, they just have something special. There's something, uh, yeah. different about them. Aaron Blanchfield, uh, Casey O'Neill, who, who we haven't seen in a while. And then we've got the, the, the boogie woman, I guess, of the division and Tatiana Suarez coming in and she's the Khabib of women's MMA. She just hasn't been fighting because of a of a neck injury that she's finally over. Um, you put her in this division. I mean, we might be looking. We both picked flyweight for our division of the year for 2022. We might be looking at that at flyweight again yeah. in 2023 as that same thing, and it might overtake strawweight as easily the best division in uh, in women's MMA. I mean, this Valentina has been great for years, but this. The, the the young youth injection that you were talking about, yeah. and now some of these uh, fighters who are who are finally coming into their own, like Alexa Grasso. I mean, it's just a, a very fun division uh, that we're going to look forward to in 2023. Yeah. But with that being said, Valentina's my pick. You mentioned Tatiana Suarez, Alexa Grasso, 
Aaron Blanchfield, Casey O'Neill, Macy Barber, Tracy Cortez, Amanda Hebos fighting in that division as well now. Um, I think doing strawweight and flyweight. I think that there has been a massive injection of talent into that division. The only problem is, in terms of just projecting for this calendar year alone, I don't know that we see the progression to where they're con- like. Could they be contenders in 2023? Yes. Will they be in I can beat Valentina Shevchenko form in 2023? I feel like all of there's so many future contenders, but to say that within the next calendar year, not only are they going to be in a spot to contend, but also beat Valentina, I think maybe that's closer to 2024 than this year. So um, I love the injection of youth into that division, but uh, I don't think Valentina's reign ends in 2023. So Valentina for me also, which takes us to the bantamweight division. Juliana Pena is your champion to begin this year. Will she be your champion to end this year? Amanda Nunes is the champion. Or, sorry. Amanda <laughs> Nunes, <laughs> <That> yeah. Was... <laughs> sorry. Uh, I was still looking yes. at last at, right, uh, right. at last year's champion to begin the year. Yeah. Amanda Nunes. Um, yeah, you know, Amanda's the GOAT. Um, I think that she's going to uh, remain the, the bantamweight champion. But I do think that there's interesting matchups for her uh, this year, potentially. I think a Caitlin Vieira matchup stylistically would be uh, fun. Uh, Vieira's just size and the way that she can, you know, put some power on Amanda. Uh, and the same thing with Renee Aldana. She, her, her power yeah, could be a difference maker in a matchup with Amanda Nunes. But, I mean, I, I can't go against the GOAT. She she looks like she's in phenomenal shape. She If you see some of the training videos she posts and everything, it seems like she's staying in shape. I think that loss to Juliana uh, taught her to to be working in the offseason. And uh, she looks in outstanding shape, and I think uh, this is only going to help her as she uh, embarks on 2023. So my pick's going to be Amanda Nunes. It's going to be Amanda Nunes for me as well. I will throw out the idea that you threw out a year ago, which is – if there's ever going to be the Valentina-Amanda fight again, doesn't it feel like this is the year it needs to happen? Like, at some point, you're going to wait too long and you're not going to get these two Hall of Famers at the peak of their careers, right? And I, I'm not saying that the, they're at the end yet, but you don't want to wait until we start to see the signs of the end nearing. Uh, so maybe maybe that is in the cards for 2023. I think the time is now. If they're going to do it, I think the time is now. Uh, but... I will go Amanda Nunes as the champion to close out 2023 in the bantamweight division. All right. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, you're right. If, if it's going to happen, it needs to happen now because the the flyweight pecking order, I mean, it's just getting tougher and tougher. So Valentina has some uh, some challengers. Right. Amanda doesn't at the moment. And Valentina could, is claiming that she doesn't have anybody right now. So, like, why not book that fight? Yeah. For, for this year. Like, do it right now. You're not holding up any divisions. Uh, there's still no more contenders who need to be sought out. So why not do it uh, at the beginning of, the, of this year? It makes all the sense in the world. Amen. I completely agree. All right. The men's division, starting in the flyweight division, we have Davison Figueredo as your champion. He is getting ready to fight Brandon Moreno for the millionth time in the UFC flyweight division. Will, who is your end-of-the-year flyweight champion? Before I go... I know we're not making a pick on women's featherweight. So I just want to ask you this. Do you think women's featherweight makes it out of 2023? Ooh. Um, I don't think they'll officially like do away with it. I think they'll just kind of ignore it, I guess. Would be my prediction, I guess. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. I feel like we might we might see like some rumblings of them trying to uh, do away with that division. Like they might try to like put some life into it and it's going to fail. And then they'll start talking about uh, closing that division. But men's flyweight, um, this trilogy with Moreno and Figueredo has been has been awesome. But for some reason, it seems to always happen whenever there's a, a, a rivalry like this, um, a a, a uh, trilogy or a, in this case, a quadrilogy, whatever you call it. Um, whoever comes out of that as the victor, I feel like they just, you know, when they when they go into another matchup, it doesn't always bode well for them. History, yeah. I, I should say. So that's why I think whoever wins this fight is going to go up against Pantoja next and Pantoja is going to win. So uh, my pick for um, for the flyweight champion at the end of 2023 is going to be with Pantoja. Alexand- I think it's Alexandre Pantoja. All right. I like it. Um, I will go Davison Figueredo to be the champion at the end of this year. All right. Bantamweight champion is Aljamain Sterling. Sounds like they're getting close to the Henry Cejudo uh, fight, potentially. Will, who is your end-of-the-year bantamweight champ? I think it's going to be Aljo, um, unless he vacates the belt. After, I think he's going to defend it twice, and then he's going to be done with the division, and he's going to try to um, give Marab a chance to be champion. You know, they, they both have talked about moving weight classes. I think if Aljo uh, defends the title twice, he'll feel like he's done all he needs to do as a, as a champion at bantamweight and then move up and, and test test himself there because he is a big a big guy and that those weight cuts aren't going to get e- any easier as he gets older. So uh, my pick uh, is going to be Aljo, but I think towards the end of the year he will vacate. I'm going to go Aljo as well, and I completely agree with you. Um, I, I think that maybe going into next year he makes a move up, he vacates the title. Uh, if he were to vacate the title before the end of this year, I feel like maybe, depending on what they do, like, I don't know that I would assume that Marab would immediately get the opportunity. I think if you're going to throw out a vacated title, like, what if you went Sean O'Malley versus the winner of Corey Sanhagen and Cheeto Vera, right? Something like that. I think stylistically, to to get the vacated title, they may go in that direction and then serve the winner to Marab, who I think would win against all three of those guys. So um, I, I'm curious how they would play it if it were to be vacated. But yeah, Aljo is going to be my pick, and I think he at least makes it through this calendar year before uh, ultimately making that move up. In the featherweight division, your champion is Alexander Volkanovsky. Will, can I just put it in pen and uh, stamp it Volk to retain? Yeah, um, yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on on Volk and featherweight. I think that um, him fighting Islam is only going to make him even better. At, at featherweight, you know these guys aren't as strong of, of wrestlers as uh, as Islam was going to be. So um, I, I think that he's just so much better than all the all these guys at at 145, and they're still working their way up. So yeah, Volk for me. Volk is going to fight Islam, then he will fight the winner of Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. I don't I don't look at either one of those guys as being a big threat to Volk. Like I think he's a heavy favorite against both. Um, Volk likes to stay active, and at least the Islam fight is early enough in the year. You could reasonably anticipate that he'll fight um, Yair or Josh Emmett middle of the year and maybe get one more title defense in toward the end of the year. I don't know who that would be, but there's nobody right now that I would say uh, I would favor over Volk. Um, the pound-for-pound pound king at the moment is Alexander Volkanovsky, and even though I don't think he beats Islam, 
uh, in the lightweight championship fight, I think he is still the GOAT of 145 at the end of this year. Speaking of the lightweight division, Islam Mahashev is your champion. The question is, will Islam Mahashev be your champion at the end of the year? Yeah, I think he will. I think he beats Volk, and I think that, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who else will get a title shot. You know, I think Charles, a rematch is in play. But uh, we, we talked about this um, when, when Islam became champion, that the two biggest threats to him are, are Rafael Vazeev and, and Benil Dariush. You know, um, I still am not sure how much the UFC is behind either one of those guys getting a title shot. But um, I think that in, a, in, in matchups between him, Islam and Volk and Islam and probably Charles or, or Gaethje or probably Poirier, uh, I think my pick would be Islam and all of those. So. Uh, give me Islam to be champion at the end of 2023. I think Islam beats Volk. I think against Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, uh, that's an early finish for Islam. I would be curious to see what a Charles rematch looks like. I would still favor Islam, just given how that first fight looked. But, um, you know, I wonder how much differently Charles approaches that one the second time around. That at least is way more interesting than uh, like a, a, a Poirier or Gaethje Islam fight. Like you said, the two biggest threats to Islam's belt or title reign, to me, by a mile, are Benil Dariush and Rafael Fazeev. A little bit for the same reason, right? Both guys have probably the best takedown defense in that entire division. Both guys are great on the feet. Both guys have finish power on the feet. Um, I think both of those would be interesting fights. I would still probably pick Islam in both fights, but I don't even know that either one of those two gets a title shot this year. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, I, again, I don't know who you're serving up to Islam. That would even make me question it. Islam Mahashev and still to close out 2023. Welterweight division, Leon Edwards is the champion. Will we know that Leon Usman is going to happen at some point this year? The question is when and if that gives you enough time to, to get another 170 title defense in. Who is your end of 2023 champion in the welterweight division? Man, I think it's... Uh... It's going to be Kamaru Usman for me. Um, I at least think he's going to beat Leon Edwards. What happens after that, um, it, it's anyone's guess. But um, I, I think the retirement thing is is very much in play uh, for Kamaru Usman at the end of this year, especially if he beats Leon or even if he loses. I think you know it, that's very much in play. But if he were to retire right after, we would probably get another welterweight title fight soon thereafter. Um, so I think it's going to be Kamaru Usman, but if he does retire, then it will be Hamzat Shemaev 1,000%. Yeah. I'm going to go Hamzat Shemaev. I, I think that either Usman's going to beat Leon Edwards and retire, and then Hamzat will get a shot at the vacant title and win, or Hamzat's going to get a shot at Kamaru Usman and win. I just, I, the UFC loves this guy. He's a star in the making, um, You know, even though he can't make weight. Uh, I think they are going to do everything in their power a little bit like Alex Pineda at, at 185. I think they're going to do everything in their power to get him that opportunity at the 170 belt because it's good for business. And uh, for the second year in a row, I will say that Hamza Chimaev will be my end-of-the-year champion in the welterweight division. All right, in the middleweight division, Alex Pineda is the champ. Israel Adesanya will get his opportunity when he's ready for it. Uh, how soon that will be is another question. Will Brewer, who is your end-of-the-year middleweight champion? All right, so... I, I really think that we pro we won't see a middleweight title defense until about July. International Fight Week. I think Izzy wants some time off. Uh, he was very active in 2022, as was Alex Pajeda. So 
I think we probably won't see a, a, t- a fight between them until July, International Fight Week. And I still just don't see how Izzy is able to keep this guy from finishing him throughout 25 minutes. So um, I think Alex Pajeda is going to be champion at the end of 2023. I think he beats Izzy, and uh, I don't think he fights at 185 again for the rest of the year. So unless unless Hamzat Shemaev is, 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 um, has done enough at middleweight to warrant a title shot, Alex Pajeda will not fight again at 185 in 2023 after he beats Izzy. I, I think there's a very real chance that Robert Whitaker gets a title shot if Alex Pereira beats Israel Adesanya for the second time in the octagon, which I think will happen when that fight takes place. Um, I'll go Robert Whitaker with the win over Alex Pereira at the end of this year to become the two-time middleweight champion of the world in the UFC. So, uh, Alex Pereira for you. And Robert Whitaker for me in the middleweight division. It's crazy. A year for, a year ago, like zero part of me even entertained the idea that Israel Adesanya wouldn't be the champ. And a lot of that was because I didn't think um, Pereira would get a title shot. But here we are. Uh, Israel Adesanya right. is not your champion entering this year. All right, the light heavyweight title is vacant here in a couple weeks. It's going to be Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill fighting for that belt. The question is, who will be the holder by the end of 2023? All right, man. This is a division where I think that there's going to be multiple uh, title changes. Um, I I think that Jamal Hill is going to beat um, Glover Teixeira. Well, I don't know. But this is my scenario. I'm still kind of conflicted on that fight, but here's my scenario. I think that Glover won't finish 2023 as an active UFC fighter. I think he's going to retire at some point this year. Okay. When that happens, I think that Alex Pajeda, he will have beat Israel Adesanya for a second time. And at the end of the year, November, December, he's going to fight for the light heavyweight championship. Who's that going to be against? I have no idea. Jamal Hill, um, Rackage, uh, I don't know. Akalaev, I mean, there's so Blavich. many people who could be in Akalaev, yeah. There's so many people who could be in play. But. I think that Alex Pajeda, especially if it's a, a striker, uh, he's in play to be light heavyweight champion at the end of this year. Uh, I say that, but I think that there's a lot that has to happen for that to happen. So before I make that prediction, okay. I'm not. I'm going to say that's in play, but my pick is going to be Jamal Hill. Okay. Jamal Hill, I think the scenario you laid out is something that I am heavily considering as well. And if Jamal Hill were to beat Glover Teixeira, I think we a hundred percent see an, an Alex Pereira, Jamal Hill title fight, which I, I would pick Alex Pereira, I think in that matchup. Um, I'm picking Glover Teixeira though, to beat Jamal Hill just because, I mean, Yuri hit Glover with everything he had and couldn't, couldn't put him away. I think Jamal Hill will also be able to land big shots, but uh, I think Glover's grappling is is just on another level. Um, so I'm picking Glover in that fight, although I think it's going to be a good one. And then I, at, at this moment in time, I just don't see who beats Glover in that division. Like right now, if if Glover were to fight Uncle Live, I'm picking Glover. If Glover were to fight Rockage, I'm picking Glover. I just think Glover right now is the best guy in the division in any one matchup. Uh, we'll see how long it would take him to run it back, even if he does win, or... To your point, if he wins and retires, 
uh, in which case I think Alex Pineda getting a shot is very real. If Glover Teixeira is not the champion, I think my most likely scenario is Alex Pineda is the champion. But for the sake of this, like you said, a lot would have to happen. Uh, so I'll go with Glover as the end-of-the-year champ in the light heavyweight division. Heavyweight is Francis Ngannou. Um, we still don't know what ultimately is going to happen. Fingers crossed, John Jones comes out of his uh, century-long retirement to finally <laughs> get in the octagon one more time. Look, I, I know that he's still struggling with that loss to Dominic Reyes, but my God, man, it's been three years. Put it behind you, and let's get a fight. Uh, no, in all seriousness, Francis Ngannou is the champ. Maybe John Jones gets a title shot in the heavyweight division. Uh, who is your end-of-the-year champ in the heavyweight division? Man. I still stand by that if Stipe had beaten Francis in March of 2021, John Jones would have already fought for the heavyweight title. One thousand percent. Yeah, <laughs> you are. I mean, hundred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, when Francis won, he was talking about show me the money, show me the money. With Stipe, he's he's talking about dates. He's talking about all this stuff. The, the energy is a lot different when it, when it comes to Francis. It's a lot centered around money, and I think he knows what we all know. His chances of winning that fight are drastically uh, different than they are with Stipe. I think Stipe, uh, while Stipe is still good, he's getting older. John Jones might could take him down and kind of have his way with him. You know, we don't really know. But that fight is is out of all of the options at heavyweight. It's that fight is the most winnable for John Jones for John Jones at this point. Francis is only getting better, and he's got that power that's just unbelievable. I think he's an awful matchup for John Jones. And I think that a lot of these guys coming up at heavyweight are bad matchups for John Jones. Curtis Blades, I think, is a bad matchup for John Jones. I think that um, Shrill Ghan is a bad matchup for John Jones. You know, Tom Aspinall, like, I think he waited too long. You know, there was a time when John Jones would have beat all the top five, top ten heavyweights. Great. At this point, I mean, all these guys are so good. You know, John Jones, it, you know, him being a champion or a long-reigning champion, I think it's a little far-fetched. And his athletic advantage isn't there, right? Because a lot of these guys are so explosive athletically where for a long time you didn't have that in the heavyweight division. Exactly. That's why I'm saying, like, yeah. he should have moved up Agreed. years ago when Agreed. these guys were still kind of slow. And, you know, he was he, he was young. He was fast. You know, he had so many advantages, which he doesn't have anymore. But, um, you know, Francis is still battling this whole um, – contract thing you know i think it's not 100 percent that we see francis fighting the U in the ufc again i still think there's a very high chance i would say like it's a 95 percent chance but he is a free agent right now and there hasn't been much you know discussion about him returning i'm sure that'll change soon but um my pick for a champion at the end of the year i'm just going to go with someone who i think is going to be consistently there and the opportunity is just going to present itself for him to jump in and I think if he is able to jump in, he will win it. So I think it's going to be surreal gone at the end of 2023 as your heavyweight champion of the world. Nice. I think there are two guys that are clearly above everybody else, and it's Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gane. Um I'll go Francis Ngannou as the champion. I'll say he fights once this year. I'll say he wins, and we don't see him again until next year. So that's kind of where, where we seem to be in the heavyweight division anyway, right? right. Like nobody, You're going to get one fight, and then that person's not going to fight again for a calendar year. So um, I'll say that we get one Francis fight. It's John Jones. He wins. And then we don't see him again until 2024. So Francis Ngannou will be my pick. But if Francis were to never fight in the UFC again, and that, that belt 
ultimately becomes available. I mean, Surreal Gone is getting a shot at it, and I don't think anybody is beating Surreal Gone right now. So I think that's a, that's a good pick. So Francis Ngannou for me, Surreal Gone for you. So there we go. Uh, those are the 2023 end-of-the-year champion picks, which we will review one year from now and probably laugh at ourselves just like we did earlier in the podcast. All right, man, Here's, are you ready? Go ahead. I got a fun question for you. Okay. Who do you think at the end of 2023 is your men's and women's number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world? Islam Mahashev is the men's pound-for-pound. And I will say... Oh, man. Let's go with uh, Amanda. Same for me. Yeah, Amanda. It's it's interesting, though. Uh, I mean, because I'm sure you were hesitating because, you know, what if Valentina moves up and wins the title? And then, you know, what if Islam gets upset? But I think Islam is the safest pick. And even though Amanda's the GOAT, like, she's... You know, she's been yeah. vulnerable. She's lost. So we know that that's in play. So I, I think those are good picks, but there's some question marks on both of them. Well, for me, the men's was easy because yeah. here's the deal. Number one is going to fight number two. Yeah. Like that fight is right. going to have number one pound for pound versus number two pound for pound at at Islam's weight class. I think Islam's going to win that fight. And there you go. Like it's I, I don't know what any other men's fighter could do to have a better case to be the pound for pound king over islam than islam beating the current number one from his number two ranking (laughs) and then you and then he'll probably defend the title again so you already don't have a better resume if he defends the title against a a charles plus beating volk already you know what someone's gonna have to have a monumental 2023 to, to overtake that so yeah i agree like maybe if hamzat were to win both the 170 and 185 belts Right, like, yeah, it, it would take something like that. Or Alex Pineda wins 185 again, defends against Izzy, for example, and then beats somebody at 205. But even like at 205, he's not going to fight Glover. Who would he fight at 205 where that win is going to put him above Islam? Because I don't think there's a guy that screams like pound for pound top ten in the 205 division, right? The only one that's close is Yuri, but I right. don't even think Yuri is even going to to fight this year. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I, I just I don't I don't know where there is a path, I guess for, for someone to overtake Islam when if Islam beats Volk, but, and if Volk beats Islam, like it's case closed, right? Like, yeah, oh yeah. What do you think that? Well, never mind. I'll I, I will save that question for when they fight. But there's a big question I got to ask that I think is just crazy. But yeah, we'll say. I that. think you were about to ask: Is Volk the greatest of all time? If he beats no. his, oh, okay. So, okay, I'm just going to ask. DC said that if Alex Volkanovsky beats Islam Mahashev, that that is the biggest upset in UFC history. I'm curious your thoughts. No. That's ridiculous. I said, I said the same thing. Like, I understand what DC is saying, but I think that is so disrespectful to Volk. It's the number I mean, one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Yeah, like we've... And not only that, but we've seen... Such crazier upsets. Matt Sarah, GSP, uh, yeah. Holly Holm, Ronda, Silva, Weidman. Uh, I yeah. mean, even Leon and Usman. Leon but Usman, like, yeah. Volk is literally the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Uh, defended the title X amount of time. I think it's four or five times at this point. Like, this is the best featherweight in the world. One of the best featherweights of all time. It is not that 
big of an upset. Like I can see Volk winning, not easily. Like this is a monumental task, yes, but if anybody can do it, Volk can do it. Like, would I call it an upset? Yes, I would call it an upset because I think, I think Islam is a big favorite. But so I would say yes, if Volk wins, it's an upset. But come on, get out! Like that would not be a bigger upset than Juliana Pena beating Amanda Nunes. Yes. I thought that there was no way that Juliana Pena was going to beat Amanda Nunes. I thought that it would be tough. She would make it tough, but I didn't. I never thought that she would do as she did. Yeah. I still think that's the biggest upset in UFC history. There's no way. If Volk beats Islam, I will not even remotely say anywhere yeah. close to that's the biggest upset in UFC history. But I was just curious. I'm like, come on, DC. Like, that's disrespectful. Just man. in come the on. last calendar year, there are two that are, I mean, Leon over Kamaru and Juliana Pena over Amanda Nunes are a million times bigger upsets than that would be. 1,000%, so, for yeah, sure. I don't, I don't think that's a, no. Would it be an upset, though? Yeah, I would consider it to yes. be an upset. I, I do agree with that, but it's not the biggest. We've seen such bigger Way upsets. Way bigger upsets. Sure. Yeah, completely agree. All right, it is fight card time on Saturday night from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Your main event is Sean Strickland filling in for Kelvin Gastelum on short notice against Nasruddin Imavov. That is going to take place at 205 instead of their normal middleweight divisions. But will that main card begins in the bantamweight division, death taxes and bantamweights. It is undefeated Umar Nurmagomedov and Hayoni Barcelos. Oddshark.com has Umar Nurmagomedov as a minus 750 favorite, plus 550 for Barcelos. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. I think that Barcelos could make this interesting. Uh, I think he could potentially make Nurmagomedov face some sort of adversity. Um, he's he's good, man. Like uh, he he's had a, a a little bit of a of a slide in the UFC. Uh, he lost to uh, Valiev and he lost to Victor Henry, but he bounced back against Trevin Jones. He's he's seventeen and three, so the guy is good. But Nurmagomedov seems like he's special. So my pick's gonna be with Nurmagomedov, but I do think that he will face some type of adversity um, on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I, I still like Barcelos ceiling. He is 35 years old. Um, I, I feel like there's like the guy that puts it in gear and fights his ass off. And that guy looks incredible. And then there's the, the like, just kind of go through the motion. Like I, it's disrespectful to say he's out there in a fight going through the motions, but it's almost just like he's not fully engaging in the fight. Um It'll be interesting to see which version of him we get in this matchup because, you know, to some degree, you have to be so careful of the takedowns against Umar Nurmagomedov. But I think Barcelo's just explosiveness as an athlete is something to pay attention to in a fight like this because of, of the takedown defense that you have to have against this guy. But ultimately, like, this this fight is going to end up on the mat at some point, and when it does, uh, it's probably Umar finding a way to, to get the finish. Umar Nurmagomedov for me in the death, taxes, and bantamweight division of the UFC. Fight number two on the main card is in the women's bantamweight division. Caitlin Vieta and Raquel Pennington. Caitlin Vieta currently, I believe, the number two women's bantamweight. Oddshark.com has Vieta as the minus 115 favorite, minus 105 for Raquel Pennington. Yeah, this is a close fight. Raquel Pennington has looked outstanding in her last few fights. Uh, Caitlin Vieta, it seems like she's turning the corner, um, and she seems like she's really ready to be a contender. But in a fight with Raquel Pennington, uh, Pennington has, has been a title challenger before. She's fought some of the best. Uh, she's fought Amanda, Holly Holm, Jermaine Durandamy, 
she's fought even Arena Aldana and, and, and won. So this is a tough, tough out for, for Caitlin Vieira. Um, in terms of the pick, though, man, I think that Caitlin Vieira is so big. Um, she's going to have a, uh, an advantage in the striking. I think if Raquel can't get this to the ground, she's really going to struggle. I mean, even Holly Holm struggled with uh, Caitlin Vieira on the feet. Uh, so I think it's just going to be a struggle for uh, for Raquel to overcome the uh, the size of Caitlin Vieira. If Vieira is uh, is overly aggressive and, and leaves herself open for a takedown, then that's something that Raquel's going to have to capitalize on. But I think that over three rounds, um, I like Caitlin Vieira's chances here. So give me Caitlin Vieira. I thought I thought Caitlin Vieira lost to Holly Holm, uh, I, or at least I think I, I remember scoring that I think for Holly Holm, um, but it was a really close fight. Um, yeah, this is such an interesting matchup. I'll go Raquel Pennington, um, just because I feel like there's maybe a little bit more consistency. Although to your point, I feel like maybe the ceiling for Caitlin is a little bit higher, but um, I feel like I just have more that I can bank on with Raquel Pennington in terms of knowing what you're going to get from her in this fight so uh give me rocky in fight number two of this main card fight number three takes us to the middleweight division in the ufc it is puna soriano and roman kapalov oddshark.com has puna soriano as the minus 150 favorite plus 130 for kapalov i really like uh puna soriano i think this is going to be a tough tough fight for him um I, I I love his striking. Um, he he slipped up a little bit against uh, Nick Maximov. I thought his fight with Brendan Allen, I thought that was a step up in competition he may not have been ready for. Uh, but he won his last fight. So um, I remember betting against Roman Kapilov, and I believe he won his last fight. Against the Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Against the Kiriko. I picked the Kiriko. You picked Kapilov. Yeah. So um, I think this is going to be a tough one, but... Uh, I, I kind of like Soriano a little bit more here, so give me uh, Puna Soriano. Yeah, uh, Poria, Puna Soriano for me as well. Uh, he's just a thumper, and I think at some point he's just going to land some shots that uh, put Kapilov in some big trouble. All right, co-main event. This is another fun fight, and it features uh, an Oklahoman. Featherweights, Dan Ige and Damon Jackson. Dan Ige is your minus 124 favorite, plus 105 for Damon Jackson. Man, I feel like... Um... He's going to really relish Dan Ige. He's going to relish not having to fight someone who's just going to take him down. Uh, I feel like Korean Zombie, all he did was take him down. Josh Emmett, all he did was take him down. And Evloev, all he did was take him down. And he wasn't able to really do what he does best. Um, I think Dan Damon Jackson is going to present him with an opportunity to uh, to have a little scrap. Um, you know, it was really, really uh, telling, you know, when he beat Pat Sabatini, just how good that he could be. I, I think that the book was still out on him and people weren't really sure. Um, he's had some good wins against Charles Hosa, Mursad Bektik. But when he beat Pat Sabatini, a guy who people thought was uh, an upcoming prospect, I think, you know, Damon Jackson became a name that people, you know, needed to remember. Uh, I think this is a proper step up in competition with Dan Ige. And I think that uh, this is a proper matchup for Dan Ige after losing three in a row. Uh, my pick, man, this one, this one's tough. Um, part of me would just wants to go with the Oklahoma ties with, uh, Damon Jackson. Um, but I still got to respect Dan Ige, but you know, I'm going to do that. Give me the, give me the Oklahoma and give me Damon Jackson. Wow. Surprise. I didn't think you were going to go that direction. 
this is a fascinating fight, and this is like one of these perfect crossroads types of, of matchups where Damon Jackson's won four in a row, right? He's won five of his six UFC fights. The only loss is to the guy that I think is the boogeyman in the featherweight division, Ilya Taporia. But again, five of six, four in a row for Damon Jackson. And on the flip side, like I think Dan Ige is one of the best featherweights in the world. The problem is he's fought the best of the best, right? He's He's been on a murderer's row of opponents from... Mavzar Evloev to Josh Emmett to Korean Zombie, uh, Calvin Cater. That's four losses in five fights against top 10 guys, right? Those are top 10 featherweights, Evloev, Emmett, Korean Zombie, and Calvin Cater. The one win he has in that stretch was that 22-second knockout win over Gavin Tucker. Um, stylistically, I think this is the perfect matchup for both guys. Uh, both guys meeting at this trajectory of one going down, the other emerging. I think that... Uh, this is going to be maybe fight of the night in terms of like just back and forth, really fun exchanges. The one element of this that's interesting is I, Damon Jackson has like a four or five inch um, height advantage. He likes to utilize the kicks. I just think his distance management and and the length could be a big problem for Dan Ige in terms of the exchanges. Um, I think this is going to be a fun fight. This would be my prediction for fight of the night. I will go Damon Jackson as well to uh, to get the win. All right, the main event on short notice is Sean Strickland, who was actually in the main event to close 2022, now in the main event to open 2023. Sean Strickland in for Kelvin Gastelum versus Nasruddin Imavov. This will be at 205 instead of 185. Oddshark.com has Imavov as the minus 115 favorite, but minus 105 for Sean Strickland, so very close as well. Man, um... I think that the normal advantages that Sean Strickland would have in a fight with Imavov kind of aren't there because he took this fight on literally day's notice. He took this fight um, what the, uh, yesterday or the day before. So um, I think that while uh, Sean Strickland is, is a tough out and um, he's going to you know use, ex- use his experience and potentially put – Nasruddin in some tough spots that he hasn't been in before. I think that as the fight goes on, uh, Imavov being in better shape, being more fight ready. Um, there's no telling if Sean Strickland is still in, in shape. Uh, you know, the holidays have passed and, you know, this is a 205 fight. So the weight cut is out of the picture. So that's a plus for Sean Strickland. But, you know, um, I think his advantages that he normally has on people on a full camp just aren't there. So uh, give me uh, Nasruddin Imavov here. I think this is a fun matchup. This is a fun fight. This would be a fun fight if we had full camps and this were to just be a main event, even without short notice, right? Um, I think Sean Strickland is incredibly skilled. I think one of the big advantages he has in a fight like this is the fact that Sean Strickland just likes to fight. And Sean Strickland kind of embraces just being in a scrap, right? That's kind of what this is. No training camp, stepping in on short notice, no weight cut. You're just going to go out there and you're going to fight. I think the other big advantage that Sean Strickland has in a fight like this is just how defensively sound he is uh, in all aspects. Um, I, 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 I think that Imavov has a path to victory on the ground, but getting the fight there to me is a different conversation. On the feet, I think this is going to be a fun fight. I do favor Sean Strickland on the feet. Um, give me Sean Strickland in a decision win over Imavov, but I do think that the, the frequency in which Imavov can maybe get him on the ground uh, will will potentially tell the story of who wins this fight. But I'll go Sean Strickland. I think he embraces this type of scenario where it's literally all things out the window and it's just lock the cage and go get in a fight 
without any sort of training camp and preparation, and like he just embraces the chaos. So uh, I like Sean Strickland in the fight, in a fun fight, I should add. All right, man, that is the first fight card of 2023, and finally, that will take place on Saturday night. The UFC is back, baby. What's your uh, appetite for 283? Like, where where are you in terms of excitement? I'm really excited about that main event. Like, really excited about the main event. I At this point, I'm not, like, super geeked about the card uh, overall, but I'm, I'm excited to see Glover and Jamal Hill. I would say yeah, that's I, kind of where my where I am now. I'm, pr- I'm pretty much the same. I, I am curious to see uh, what happens in a fourth fight just between two between anybody, but especially, you know, two guys like Figueredo and Moreno who've had to do adjustments after adjustment. Uh, I, I think that Paul Craig, Johnny Walker is going to be fun. I think Gilbert, uh, Gilbert Burns and Neil Magny, I kind of lean one way. I'm sure you probably lean one way as well. Um, Johnson Almeida, I hope that he gets to fight. I mean, I've, oh, I've been yeah. ready to see that guy fight for for a while now. I mean, it sucks that he keeps having to get this fight uh, rescheduled and everything, <laughs> but I, I'm excited to see him again. He Terrence made the McKinney. list like Hamzat made the list, where the first time I saw him, I was like, holy shit, look out for that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, breakout fighter of the year, probably uh, a guy who's, who's uh, a contender, a potential contender in two divisions. I mean, the guy has looked nothing short of outstanding. And this is like his first like ranked test, so we'll see how he looks. Um, but Terrence McKinney's on the card, potentially Shogun Hua's last fight. I know you are very excited to see Shogun again. So uh, this should be a very very fun um, fun card. But yeah, that main event, I'm very excited for that main event. I so think we'll in, see how it goes. I think in terms of fights, like I am geeked for that main event. I think there are a lot of fighters on this card that I'm I'm excited to see fight. I don't know how much I love the matchups necessarily. Like I love watching uh, Almeida, for example. Like I'm geeked to see him fight again. Is that a fight that like is? I, I kind of feel like he's gonna be a steamroller, but you never know, right? That's why they they have the fights. Um, I'm sure you saw Brad Tavares. Gregory Rodriguez is off. That fight got scratched today, so that's no longer on 283. Um, to your point earlier, like. I I have some fatigue over Figueredo and Moreno. That probably also plays a role in this. Like I I like both guys a lot. Um, I I just I'm kind of tired of these two guys fighting each other. I guess. Um, but they've had great fights. Like I'm not taking away from the fights they've had. They've had great fights. I just have some fatigue over watching these two guys fight each other again. Um, but yeah, Gilbert Burns is is a lot of fun. The Bombfiend brothers are both on this card. One of them fighting Terrence McKinney. That's probably one of the more fun fights on the the card as a whole. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think as we get closer, I'll 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 juice up. But at the moment, like it's it's not like where I was for like two eighty or two eighty one. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. This nowhere close. But I will say, what like in terms of two seventy, <laughs> it's I mean, better I than two seventy. Yeah, it's better. It's than better than two seventy. Yeah, I mean we we at least got that. But um, I I I mean and and Figueroa Moreno was on two seventies as well. So, um. Yeah, it's at least better than 270. We're starting off the year on a on a good note, so hopefully we're trending in the right direction. And then yeah. uh, in Perth, Australia, that's going to be fun as well. So, and 285, if if all the rumored fights come to fruition, that's going to be a very fun card. So, I'm excited for the start of this year, man. Yeah, I, that's the other part that I didn't even mention. I'm glad you, glad you brought it up. Like 284, we're gonna get the pound for pound number one fighter in the world versus the pound for pound number two fighter in the world. Like, so again, like part of it's just timing sometimes, right? In terms of like 
the the geeked out level for a fight card. And the timing of this, I think, on the on the heels of what we closed last year out with, and then kind of looking ahead, like this one feels like a little bit of a dip. Uh, but yeah, it's better than two seventy. Yeah, so are we still going to uh, compare all of the the cards in 2023 to 270, or do we put that to bed and start comparing it to 283? I think until we have a card <laughs> that somehow finds a new low <laughs> below 270, that's the gold standard. So yeah, I think we have to. I think we have to continue. All right, I'm with it, man. Uh, 283 was close, but I think you know, especially with the addition of Glover and Jamal Hill, uh, I think it tips the scale. So listen to me. I think. Before Glover Jamal Hill was the main event of this card, this was going to be worse than 270. This was going to be up. the new 270. For sure. We were going to have Figueredo Moreno <laughs> for as your main event, Gilbert Burns, Neil Magny as your co-main. I mean, yeah, 270 would have been better than 23 yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, Glover and Jamal Hill are saving this. But otherwise, yeah, 270, just Francis and Surreal gone by themselves uh, yes. would, would be enough to put that over the top, but. Yeah, and and like I said, I'll be I'll be more geeked. I think fight week for this card, um, but just kind of looking at what's recently happened and kind of looking ahead and it not being right on the doorstep of of us being able to watch it, um, I'm not like at the I'm not hyped yet. But I that, I think that to the point we we made last week in talking about that London card, I think there's the chance that just being in Brazil and and what that uh, atmosphere is going to be like, it might be a pretty special atmosphere. Oh, yeah, um, because we haven't had I don't think we've had another Brazil card since that last that Brazil card when uh, Charles Oliveira fought Kevin Lee and there was nobody there at the beginning of the pandemic. I don't think they've been back. So I'm sure uh, Brazil is probably going to have a, an environment similar to, to London where you just start to appreciate everything. But yeah. those fans in Brazil are, are going to be out for blood. You oh, know? yeah. I feel like it's a party type atmosphere yeah. in in London, but in Brazil, those fans just want to see somebody get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I think that will also be an element where I think when the fight card starts and you're taking it all in, that will bring all the fights to another level just because of uh, you know the surroundings. So yeah, man, we're close, close to the first pay per view of 2023, and finally fight week in 2023. Well, I look forward to one year from now, once again, reviewing our picks. Should be a lot of fun, as it was about an hour ago. Uh, good luck on the selections Saturday night, and we'll do it again next week. All right, man. Have a good one, brother. Podcast is over.